Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Well, good morning, Thriving Farmers. This is a solo cast today. I just had a, a couple things that I wanted to chat about. It's been some uh, chatter in our groups, and it's been some great discussion. So today I want to talk about labor. I know there's a lot of folks right now who are struggling with finishing out the season. And right now it's September, so we just got through angry August, as we as we uh, affectionately call it. And uh, the reason for that is kind of like, you know, that's when... There's so many of those summer crops coming in. You're starting to lose your labor because some of them may be going back to school if you're using high school kids or um, school kids at all. And the fall crops are getting planted. So there's those big kind of, um, yeah, all those three things hitting at once and it can make for some long days and some tired crews. So we obviously try to do a lot of things to mitigate that. Uh, we may talk about that a little bit later in the episode, but that is something that uh, we definitely see in the industry and we, we like to talk about and make sure people understand that, hey, August is can be tough, but September gets a lot easier, the weather cools down, and there's not as much to do on the farm. So you know, one of the things I think the first talk about is some people say, well, I want to farm by myself. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to create this uh, this thing for myself. But I would highly recommend that having a team, having a community around your farm is so, so important. And so I guess the first thing we chat about is why labor? You know, why would you need people? What's the advantages there? And the first thing is, let's say you to get sick. I know, uh, you know, my mentor, Paul and Sandy Arnold, Paul at one point broke his leg, middle of the season. And so he was out for six weeks and all he could do was um, ride around a golf cart with his broken leg in a cast and uh, tell people what to do on the farm. He couldn't you know, actually get out into the field. So having that team, having that community around them was so important for them to be able to get through those six weeks. And sometimes you just need a break. So you know, if you are super busy on the farm and you're working seven days a week, which we highly recommend being able to tame that back to six. And uh, for our sanity this year, that has been something that we have done is Sunday is pretty much a no work day. So we work Monday through Saturday and um, then end of Saturday at five o'clock when the, our farm store, farm bus shuts down, we you know, clean up and then by six o'clock we're done for the weekend. And so that means then you know, we hang out with the kids, go out, maybe grab out, go out and grab a bite to eat, something like that. And then Sundays just hang around the house with the kids and uh, don't do too, too much. Other than obviously greenhouse things. So we do some greenhouse stuff, water, that sort of thing. So that's kind of how our our week runs and kind of how we do it. But I would love to be able to have an employee come in on Sundays and do that so I don't have to think about the farm on Sundays. Um, Because you really do need that break, that mental break from all the different things going on. All right, so we talked about, you know, if you, why would you build a labor force? One, is if you get sick, you need a break. That's always that good right there. And the other thing is that you can only do so many dollars per hour. So let's start talking economics of a farm here. So let's say you're picking green beans. I love to pick on green beans because green beans aren't typically super profitable. But let's say you're out there picking green beans and you can pick 12 pounds an hour. You're selling them at $48, a, uh, sorry, $4 a pound, so that's $48 an hour. 
which actually isn't that much money when you think about it, because there's, there's so many hours on the farm that aren't spent doing the, the harvesting. So you're having to seed them, you're having to uh, fertilize them, you're having to weed them, you're having to buy the seed, you have to pay the taxes on the land. And so if you're only the person out there and you're only being able to get $48 an hour, then you're not gonna be able to make that much profit. Now, where the profit starts to kick in is when you start adding team members. So let's say you have three people out there picking beans, getting $48 an hour, and your profit on that crop is, um, let's say you're making $20 an hour off that. So then that $60 an hour you've made off those beans instead of just 20. So that's why you really need to think about that. And the other thing too, I would say is certain people can be better at different things on the farm. So my background, my, my expertise is the building out of the farm infrastructure, the, the kind of the uh, build the farm. Now we have Courtney, who's our farm manager and she more runs the farm. So she's in charge of the harvest. She's in charge of the seeding. She's in charge of, um, you know, making sure that the schedules and that sort of thing run well. So that's kind of where she kind of focuses is the that aspect of things and so um, having people in their places on the farm is great um, another thing is um, certain people are better at things than others so one of our team members is fabulous at picking beans and so she's frequently the one we do send out there to do that task just because she's much faster than both of uh, our other team members at this and so we just say you know what every wednesday morning or every saturday morning you're out and you just pick beans for a bit until um, we get what we need for the, the week. So that's kind of where we are with that. Um, and so again, you can only, one person can only generate so much income. So either you have to be very, very picky about what crops you grow. Let's say like microgreens, you can harvest thousands of dollars of microgreens in just a couple hours. And so if you're a one person show, that may be the crop for you. So being able to do that is probably something to to think about is you have to be very picky on the crops that you grow. So the other thing is, you know, for us is I love to build teams. I love to build community. I love to build a force of nature. And so being able to have a team that you can rely on, you know, someplace to talk to when you're out there working, because it can get real lonely if you're out there by yourself, you know, doing work, seeding or weeding or harvesting, and there's long hours. And so when you have a team, you can divide and conquer, get things done quicker, um, work together on things. So the, the bean picking or the, the weeding is not that you know arduous several hour task. It turns into when you have three or four people out there, just 20 or 30 minutes. And so that aspect of things, being able to condense that can be much, much um, mentally, uh, less mentally challenging. So creating that community around the farm and, and we even do bring in volunteers too. We have some volunteers and having them do that is great as well. It's just being able to work with those people, learn about their lives and um, you know, enjoy being with people. So there is right now a major challenge in the workplace is, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it and I know some of you say, hey, we're turning away people. Well, that's awesome. Um, but Right now, hiring is very challenging. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why or why not in our groups. There's been some great threads going on. Um, so, you know, one of the things would be that in the last 18 to 24 months, the pandemic and the amount of money the government is throwing around, and they're throwing a lot of money around, not just to people, but to businesses and to um, different things. And so, obviously, if people have a lot of money in their pocket, they're not motivated as much to go out and get a job. 
And a couple other things too would be that um, because these people have had time off or just a general workforce, a lot of them, they've had time to go look at other jobs or find something that they more enjoy doing. So that's also another aspect is a lot of people have kind of, you know, created their own businesses, started their own businesses or done that sort of thing. Another thing would be is the challenges with childcare. And uh, like I know right now, our, another thing would be the challenges with um, uh, the quarantines and stuff like that. So right now our school had a COVID case. And so literally I think they actually took two days off. So this Thursday and Friday are the school closed, which means that all these parents now have these have kids at home that they have to manage and that sort of thing. So that's going to also cause disruptions in the workforce. So we're living in a very very different age right now than we did, you know, 18 months ago, 24 months ago. Um, you know, kind of signs of the times is our local Wendy's. And again, I was in a Facebook group and saw this. I was kind of blown away. Closes at 5 p.m. on a Sunday. Um, they just don't have the workers to work the, the shifts any longer. And they're actually paying pretty well. Um, they're hiring 14 and 15-year-olds 15 right now. They're so desperate. Um, you know, Tractor Supply is hiring people and they're offering $20 an hour with benefits, um, which is, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a decent wage right there. Um, so that's the kind of thing we're looking at. We're seeing literally everybody hiring. Um, I know like Walmart is giving you, I forget if it's Walmart that's giving you after six months or 90 days, a thousand dollar iPhone. Um, some places are now moving to pay for college. Um, we're seeing ads all over the place, like in my news feeds, literally almost two every three ads are for people looking to hire. Now, let's talk about what this relates to in relation to the marketplace, because um, especially farming is farming has been historically a lower paying job. People really enjoy it. Um, it's good hard work. Uh, you're out in nature, um, but it is typically a lower paying job. So um, when we were in New York, when we were farming there, we were paying low teens on average. We did have some people in the high teens, um, even some uh, one or two people making over $20 an hour on the team. So there was, you know, that was kind of it when we were there. Here, we're paying significantly more or average wages in the higher teens, and we do are paying some people over $20 an hour, you know, management. That's kind of what we're looking at with the, with the different benefits they get. Um, so, you know, that's the wage has significantly risen. Now, um, with that too, let's talk a little bit about if you can't get labor, okay? So we're gonna talk about a little bit, we're gonna dive into um, how we hire, who we hire, and, um, you know, at the end, we'll kind of talk a little bit about H2A, what that is, and um, kind of if that might be an option for you. But let's talk a little bit about, okay, we can't get people. Um, actually, one of my friends, Noah Jackson, he's out in the West. They are having major issues and have had major issues all season. So they are down 130 hours a week, which is basically three people full-time on the farm that they cannot fill for their, their farm jobs. And they have, you know, a very different model. They actually supply housing, I believe, Um yeah, so there's some really cool things they're doing out there, but they have been down all season, cannot hire. It's been very challenging. Um, and um, 
it's just it's just been a, a big problem across a lot of different farms. So, what can you do if you do run into problems like this? You know, let's start with talking about the big picture. Okay, so the big picture is who is your farm built for? You know, what is it? how have you set it up? What are different roles that need to happen? And what roles do you have? So, you know, kind of do evaluation of okay, what do we have? Um, what things do we are really important on the farm? So obviously, um, the important things, and again, don't want to be short-sighted here. The short, important things are first, obviously, marketing. If you can't sell the product, then you're going to go out of business. Um, obviously, seeding is super important. Um, weeding is important because if you don't have a clean crop, you're going to just you're just going to cause problems for next year. Um, and you won't be able to find the crop. Although weeding, I feel like sometimes can get pushed to the bottom of the list because it's not a immensely necessary immediately. So like, okay, if you do fill your weed seed bank, you're going to be seeding for seven years, but that's next year. Um, so, but I don't want you to think that um, that's just a possibility, but that sometimes when it comes push comes a shove, that's what happens. But let's kind of talk about like what kind of the things that you can start to push. Well, what I would first do is do a analysis on all your crops, okay? So what's are making the money and what isn't? So for us, uh, beans, not a huge, huge money maker for us. So while we talked earlier about we grow them, we really, really push people to do a lot of you pick on them. And uh, so people come by and they're like, I want beans. And we have, okay, so this is the price and they're in the, the barn or in the, um, the bus, and uh, they're this much per pound. And some people go, wow, that's a lot of money. And it's like, yep, it costs a ton of money for us to harvest these. You know, Our harvest costs are very high on this. And if you want to come you pick, this is our price, which is a very attractive price. And uh, we say, you know, you can come out any time, blah, 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 blah. This is how it works. And we have plenty of beans out there. Um, so that's one thing I would think about is what can you switch to you pick? Um, a bunch of crops that are great for you pick would be things like peas, beans, flowers, cherry tomatoes. Um, let's see what else. Things that don't do well with you pick would be regular tomatoes. I, I don't like to do that, especially if you're in greenhouses because of the amount of work that you've put into those and the cost. But if you do field tomatoes, just uh, basket weave, that's a great thing to you pick. Let's see what else. Basil, you can tell people how to do herbs. That's relatively easy to do that. Um, even uh, potatoes, you know, if you do large amounts of potatoes, you can dig a few rows and, and have a potato picking party. So that's something to think about too. Um, so, all right, so evaluating those crops is gonna be key. Uh, another thing I would recommend is what can you put down, what kind of fabric or plastic can you put down to eliminate weeding? So like all our brassicas this fall are on plastic, um, put down white plastic, and we'll be cultivating between the rows instead of doing it on bare ground and having more weeds to deal with. Um, we also on the edges of our tunnels and um, inside our tunnels are mostly fabric as well. And again, this is something we typically do, but this is something I want to remind you that is very, very effective to do that as well. Uh, another thing is thinking about what enterprises can you cut out. So, um, you know, some of the things like edible flowers, we've kind of just like let that go to back burner. Um, some of these other crops that we were going to do um, that just don't sell as much, we are just cutting down, streamlining, standardizing. So instead of, you know, four different types of beans, so like you can grow purple beans, yellow beans, we just have stuck to a big fat green bean. You know, that's super easy to harvest. So we haven't really gone for um, the flavor 
we're well, actually we are going for flavor, but we're not going for the quality of the bean, like the really thin French beans. We're just picking a, I think it's, um, we're doing provider. Again, it's, I wouldn't say it's an, a bad quality bean, but it's not that refined jade um, because we're, again, we're just trying to go for speed of picking. Um, same thing with like cucumbers. Instead of growing three or four types, we're just growing the standards, the stuff that's easy to grow, the stuff that's really going to produce because it's a lot easier for the crew to get in and out and pick that fast than have to worry about is this the exact right size or some of these higher labor cucumbers or other crops like one of the crops that you might you know some people do what would be uh husk cherries um yeah that didn't get the cut this year we did do some tomatillos and uh, we're actually selling quite well on those through when we sell our salsa um but you know husk cherries is something that didn't make the cut so some of these things just kind of get abandoned and we are just telling people hey here's what if you want to pre if you want to self-harvest it's out there here's the price here's how to do it uh, go get started so that's kind of something to think about i think you know evaluate first your crops see what you can drop see what you can you pick and um and really just put down these fabrics or find ways to eliminate the weeding as much as possible. So if you can do that, that's gonna save you loads of time. So those are the top three things I would recommend and uh, to kind of, you know, if you are struggling with getting the labor you need to kind of streamline your farm. And we're back with another tip from our friends over at Harvest Hosts. Um, Molly, talk to us about how to build a great host profile. Yeah, thanks, Michael. So we really try to do our best with onboarding our host locations, spending the time on really talking you through what a host profile looks like when it comes to a successful profile. Um, and let me give you kind of a rundown of what that looks like. Uh, you're able to include your hours of operation. So if you want to only be open at certain times during the week for our members, um, if you're kind of going off of your general hours of operation, if they change at all, you're able to update that make sure it's consistent with kind of what um, your business model is during the week. If you need to block out, block out dates or remove dates because of special events, you're able to control that as well. But I think a lot of the most successful profiles really highlight the imagery and photos from your location. You can also include member photos. So if you've had members that have come through and have absolutely loved your location, they've taken really fun selfies with an alpaca or if they're in your farmland um, picking produce or if you know, they're doing a beautiful tasting at a winery. Um, really highlighting those experiences, I think is really important on your profile page so that members who are looking for a place to stay really are drawn and seeing really the great feedback that our members have provided. And then just a couple other things, making sure your description is really laid out mm -hmm. that they understand where they're supposed to park, what they can expect. If you want them to come in for um, the tastings or if there's certain products you wanna sell, if your general store is open certain hours, just making sure you're very um, transparent with the potential member coming through. And then obviously providing your contact information in case they have any questions or concerns. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you offer like goat yoga or, uh, you know, they can come in and watch the milkings. If you have a dairy farm, that's also great stuff to either upsell them to or just tell them about. Oh, gosh, absolutely. You know, those unique experiences are everything to our mm -hmm. Harvest Host model. I mean, our members love the fact that they get to meet the farmers and pick the eggs from, you know, the chickens. And yeah really get welcomed into some people's um, meals or, you know, community initiatives. And so it's, it's really a beautiful model if our hosts are will, willing to open up their arms and bringing in our members. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about hiring because obviously 
if you have a really good system out there for hiring, you can get good people. It's just a matter of um, finding those right people and convincing them that you're a great place to work. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we are getting applications. We probably get you know four to five applications a week on the farm, but we're not getting the exact type of applications we're looking for. Obviously, um, we're not in a massive agricultural, especially small-scale vegetable agricultural area, so there's not a lot of people with those that skill set moving around, so we have to typically hire and then retrain people, which is not ideal. So obviously, we're, if we can, we're gonna try to find people that have some prior farm experience. And if not farm experience, we like restaurant experience because they typically have experience you know, working in, in hot kitchens and long hours and a challenging work environment. So that's definitely something we're always looking at. And actually, three of the people that we have working for us now do have prior kitchen experience. So we are getting applications. Um, we just aren't getting quite what we're looking for, and so it's kind of it's the, we're having to weed through that. So let's talk about who we hire. So the kinds of people we're looking for on our farm. So first, we're looking for farmers. Okay, so these are the people that actually out go out and do the work, seed the crops, hoe the crops, trellis the tomatoes, that sort of thing. And uh, typically, they're somewhat pre-trained. Um, we may have to kind of slightly tweak what they do and how they do it, but they that's kind of what we're looking for. The second is um, wash pack, and that, that doesn't have to be a farmer, though it can be. Typically, these people are um, maybe moms who or someone recently retired. Um, I get someone say the other day, do you have any jobs out of the heat, out of the sun? And I was like, well, <laughs> We're kind of a little desperate right now, so we probably could fit that in to our schedule, but we're not looking for people like that. We want people that do have the tenacity to go out and be able to work in any condition because, and we don't just want to have somebody that says, I'm just going to be in the wash and pack. I'm not going to be in the sun um, because we want the whole team to be able to work together and do any job cross train. So that's the kind of other thing, though, is we'll hire people. Again, I'm not saying that we're hiring people just for the wash and pack, but you also can hire for those positions. And um, some of these people, you know, they want to come in at 6 a.m., work for four hours, and we line up the different things for them to do. And uh, they can do seating or they can do different things, and then they're done their shift. Um, and one of the things that has been super, super important for us as we've been building this team here is having a very flexible work schedule. So obviously our farm manager works normal hours, seven to four every day. And then our other helpers, they're on different schedules. Like some, most of them work seven to two. Some of them have different days off. Some of them get off at noon because they have kid responsibilities, um, childcare responsibilities. So that's kind of how we're, we're building that up. And then the third category we hire, and this is something which, again, it's I feel like necessary a lot for some of our farms we work with. But um, it's not ideal, and if I could hire enough farmers, we probably wouldn't have this um, part of our business. But that's just like the high school and college kids who are just working seasonally. So there, all of our high school and college kids are gone back for the season. Um, you know, not working with us anymore. But we did have two or three over the summer, and they would do harvesting, weeding. Um, and even seeding in the greenhouse, that sort of thing. So having those have been key to get some of these other jobs done. And typically we're hiring them at a lower hourly wage. Um, but if I could get my pick and can I just hire farmers, I totally would to be able to get everything done.
All right, let's walk through a hiring process because that is something that I feel like we've done pretty well. And so once people get onto the farm, we actually were super, super happy with them typically. So um, we have an extensive hiring process and uh, we're, we're very clear about what we're hiring for. And uh, that frequently works out quite well. So uh, the first part, if you're going to come work for a job here, is you're probably going to see a Facebook or a Craigslist advertisement. And that may be in the general listing. It also could be on our page. And we're also um, posting with local people as well. So it's word of mouth as well. So people just show up and say, hey, I heard about you're asking for a job. And we're saying, okay, this is where you go apply. So um, Facebook has this feature which you can use for applying for jobs and uh, the feature doesn't work quite that well but the good thing is is it gets our jobs out to a lot of people and so what happens is they come and hit that apply button and it asks for like a resume but what we, we don't even look at that resume typically what we do is you can at, now ask questions and we say hey one of the top questions is the only question we have is did you go to our website and apply there because that is where our our form application lives and that's the important part. So, and so they go to our website and, and I would say about 40% of, of people never go, never go and fill that out. They send an application in and, and uh, sometimes, sometimes it's just a matter of writing an email. email. And we're and like, we're like you're going to not, not enough effort, effort in that actually go fill out the application. Um, then we're then not even going to interview you. Now, now, if we if see someone see in there that looks promising, and we're like, well, maybe they just missed that, we will send them the application and say, hey, here is our actual application. Please fill this out, and then we can talk. And so I've. Uh, it's interesting, though, because the three people I have sent that to in the past couple weeks haven't even gone and filled that out. So kind of interesting that uh, to see kind of the, the trickle-down aspect of, I'm not sure if these people are applying hundreds of places and just clicking the button and never intending to actually fill out an application or what. Um, but so we have an application that's built in Airtable. And the reason for that is we can do a lot of different things with the data on the back end. And uh, we ask a fair number of questions. I'm actually going to pull it up here. It's going to take me a quick second here to pull this up. All right. So here is our, is our application. So we are asking for obviously their name, their email address, all the contact information. And we start asking questions here. What are your hobbies? What do you want to be do in two years? Cause we want to get more of a feel for who they are. Um, what are they passionate about? Cause obviously they're saying, Hey, I'm passionate about spraying pesticides and, um, you know, partying on the weekends. That's probably not a good fit because that means that they're not going to get our why of why we exist. And it also means that they're not going to be very good to go on Monday morning when we need them to work. Um, next one is, do you have any agricultural experience? So this is always important for us to know if they have any background with that. Um, we asked about personal development. If they've done their own personal development. Um, we asked for a couple personality tests. So we use two right now. We asked for the Enneagram personality. And then we also asked for a DISC personality. And one of the things is, is we don't, uh, on the DISC, we do give them a link for a free DISC personality. But the Enneagram, we say, we just want you to fill it out. And so they have to go find their own and figure it out. And um, again, part of this is we're just, we really, farming is not, um, it's not a super easy job. And so you have to have a certain level of mental competence to, and uh, you know, figure problem solving, I guess is what I'm saying there. And so that's why we ask them these open-ended questions, which, is, which we cause them to go do these other things. 
And so that's why we uh, we do it that way. Um, then we ask them if we, they feel the tests are accurate. And people will say, well, you know, this part wasn't or this part was. Um, we do ask philosophy on life, if they have any managerial experience, farming or not, share that there. And then ask why they're the best candidate for the job. And then we do ask for a resume or CV. Um, and then pay rate they're requesting. So we recently had someone uh, submit an application and they were asking for a pay rate that was just completely outside of our our availability of what we can pay. And so we were like, you know what, that's just not gonna be a good fit. There's some other things in their application too which made us take second pause. And so that was an easy no for us. So um, yeah, so that's kind of the first stage is this application. Then after this application, typically we'll review it, we'll look at it, uh, my wife and myself and our farm manager. And then after that, we'll get them in for a 15 minute, just, hey, meet you interview. And what we do in this, is we go ahead and uh, just walk around the farm, talk to them a little bit, get a little bit of information about who they are, what they're doing, what they plan to do with their life, and uh, see if they feel like a good fit too. And so sometimes you'll just get that vibe that this person's just not for us. Um, and the other thing we're testing too is to see how they do around our kids. Because obviously we have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and now a a newborn, and uh, the kids are always running around the farm. And uh, as a farm worker, you need to be able to interact with them. And so we want to make sure that they're going to be a good fit for that as well. So that's the first stage. And then the, the second stage is the in-person interview. And then if we find out they do well there, then we'll move them into um, – then we'll move them into a working interview. So this is typically a two to four hour shift. They come in, work with us. Um, part of the time they're gonna work with me and then part of the time they're just gonna work with the team and that's incredibly intentional because we wanna make sure that they can take direction from the team and they aren't gonna say, well, why are we doing it this way or this is stupid or well, I'm only here because X or I'm gonna get another job in three months I just need a filler. And you know, a lot of those things would disqualify you. If you're only here for a few months, that's not a good fit for us typically. Um, if you aren't listening to the team or bad-mouthing people or um, saying other things that we're like, oh, this is kind of a little red flags, then we're probably gonna move you along. Um, but if that goes well, that interview goes well, then we'll go ahead and send them a um, offer letter and that's gonna contain Obviously, the different benefits we offer, the pay rate, the how what promotion looks like, what that and the and um, kind of like what a, a job here would look like, um, and so that's kind of the four step process that we'll go through for hiring people. I know some people have longer. Um, you know, some of the things there too is we want to make sure they can afford to work for us. This is something Dave Ramsey talks about a lot. Is like, hey, can the people um, can you, they make enough money to work for you and if, or are they going to be really challenged, um, by making that kind of money. And so that's definitely something we want to know because if they're going to get stressed out because we can't advance their pay rate as fast as they want, um, then that's probably not going to be a good fit as well. All right, so what do we offer for people working for us? Um, right now this is, it obviously can change. Um, right now we're offering a relatively good range of pay. So if you've got any experience, you're working starting in the mid-teens um, for wage. Um, some of our high school kids, we're going to start off at lower than that, a little bit lower than that, because again, that's a very seasonal job. Um, then we also offer profit sharing. So we do offer a profit share program. And um, we kind of tell people that, look, 
first year, this is obviously our first startup year, there's not going to be a ton of profit, but we do envision seeing as the farm scales beyond that, there being good profit coming from the business. So it's really rewarding those who are going to stay with us for the long term. Um, a flexible schedule. So we offer very flexible schedule. We have people that come in early, do their own thing. Then we have people that you know, can stay late. So we have that. And, um, you know, some people have Thursdays off. Some people have, they work Saturdays. Um, some people get off at noon. So we really try to work with people on that and uh, work around their schedules. And uh, we obviously have a farmer's corner in the cooler, which is where all the seconds are. And uh, so people get the access to that. And they also get a 15% discount on our farm store. So we obviously bring in all our products, but we have a lot of other products as well, milk, eggs, um, elderberry products, honey. Um, so we have a full aspect there, and they do get a significant discount on those products as well. Um, so those are the kind of the four areas that we hire for and we uh, kind of the benefits we have. Um, and, um, you know, we're always open to adding new things. I know... My friend Jackson is in our small farm university. We've had some good conversations in there about all of this. And he said, hey, I know a farmer who offers drinks and snacks. And I'm like, that's a great idea. That's something we probably should be offering too as well, especially in the heat of the summer. Being able to come back in there and just open up a cooler and grab a cool drink is going to be super uh, helpful for them to get through the day and that morale, keep that morale up. So let's kind of move in a little bit here to kind of, we've talked about, you know, the challenges. We know there's challenges out there. We've talked about who we hire, how we hire, kind of the, the process, kind of the hiring package we offer. And uh, let's talk a little bit about H2A. I know that's something definitely who uh, there's, works for a lot of farms. It can be incredibly um, valuable and profitable aspect of the farm. And so let's kind of talk about that. And I think the big thing let's talk about is there's people out there that say, well, you know, American only. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of times which is very hard to get labor. And we've talked about that. And I think that's just known. And we are right now hiring just local. We would like to continue that. But if it comes down to it, um, then we may end up having to move to H2A. And let's talk about the advantages there is and what the program is. So H2A is a government agricultural program that brings in workers from other countries to work in the U.S. And uh, it's hugely common in the dairy industry and in the commercial veg industry in the West Coast. And uh, these guys are well paid and they're great at what they do. And they... Um, actually are the backbone of a lot of the food you eat, unfortunately. I'm not saying unfortunately because I don't want them here. I'm saying unfortunately because obviously it'd be great if all our food was produced locally by our communities, but it's not. It's still produced in massive areas in California and uh, in New Mexico and that sort of thing. So um, the thing about H2A is they tend to work really, really hard. They're great workers. They don't complain about the heat. The heat doesn't really bother them. They want 50 to 60 hours a week because they're here to work. They're not, their families are typically back in uh, Mexico or Guatemala or Jamaica or wherever they're coming from, and they're coming here to work. So um, they want those hours. They, um, they typically don't get sick very often. So they're just, they're here to work and they work and they get stuff done. Um, and they're professional farmers. So, you know, they, they're trained on what to do with these different things. And uh, they just move through it and get stuff done. 
And so, um, you know, a lot of people say they work circles around even, I would say, yeah, they'd work circles around me, just in the amount of stuff they can get done. Um, it is expensive though. It's not a cheap program. That's why a lot of people don't do it. First, you have to provide housing and that's highly regulated. So the state will come in and inspect this if the, and, uh, um, you kind of have to follow certain protocols and uh, certain levels of different things. You got to offer all that. It is expensive before you get them on your farm too. So you have to fill out a bunch of paperwork and typically you work through a, a organization to bring them in. So you're not going to bring them in yourself, but you're going to actually work through a company that does all that and tracks that and bring, helps get them in. Um, so between one and six guys, it will cost around $7,000 to bring them in. Okay. That's the, that's before you have to offer the housing and then the prevailing wage on top of that. And so with prevailing wage, um, is right now in Ohio is $15 and 31 cents. Um, just talking to someone in, uh, mass in, uh, Pennsylvania, it's 14, 15 right now. So it varies by state and varies by year. It's kind of what's set prevailing wage. Um, but again, these guys are coming in, they're going to stay on the farm. They're going to work, work, work and get stuff done. Um, and so if you do end up scaling up, these are the kinds of things that you need to work at and, um, think about because these guys are really effective. Um, now they do want to, they're not going to stay here for a couple of weeks. So you've got to hire them for the entire season. That's typically, I think like a six to nine month season. Um, you know, can you share them with other farmers? That's definitely something we want to get onto the podcast as someone that can talk about the H2A program in more detail. Um, there frequently, frequently is a language barrier. So you probably need to know Spanish or the country of origin language. Um, and the other thing you can do is you can say, Hey, I need one person that is bilingual and they can translate to other people that you bring in. So if you're bringing in three, two can only speak their native language. One person needs to be able to talk to them. Um, and again, you can kind of show them what needs to be done. And, um, you know, learning a second language is always a great, um, a great skill to have. So that is great as well. Um, so let's kind of like wrap this all up folks. Um, first we kind of talked about right now, why you want to add more labor to your farm, why you want to have people on your farm. And again, it's so when you're sick or need a break, it's so you can leverage the power of a team. And so you can create community around your farm. There is a massive challenge right now. I mean, um, again, there's some people that say, I th actually, so let's put it this way. Out of the dozens of comments we got on the Facebook posts, I think three people said, hey, we've got plenty of labor. We're turning people away. Everyone else was saying it's really challenging and we're thinking of moving to HAA, H2A. Um, or we're sh closing our farm or making it smaller or shutting things down or doing this, that, and the other. Um, the job market is changing. I think that's a positive thing. Obviously, the goal is that everyone's making a, a living wage and making good money. And so the fact that that is happening, that the prices are changing is great. But the problem is we're also seeing massive inflation right now. Two by four costs $12. Steel has doubled. Our seeds have gone up 20% or so. And so yeah, unfortunately, we're just seeing everything go up. Now, the challenge is here is to make sure that you are telling your customers this, that they are understanding why you have to charge more um, because you're already making razor thin margins and with the cost of everything doubling and tripling, you need to go up with the cost of your products.
There is uh, people out there. There's great people out there. We have a fabulous team right now. It's small. We're all kind of stretched thin, but we have a fabulous team. And so there are good people out there. Just how do you get them onto your farm is the challenge. And so we talked about our hiring process. We talked about, you know, first Facebook advertisements, um, Craigslist, move them to our online form. Um, which lives on a webinar page on our website. So anyone at any point can see that, make an application. We're always constantly open door policy with hiring. If we find the right people, we'll add them to our team. And uh, then we're doing the interviews, on-farm interview, working interview, and before we hire them. And then what we're offering, again, the good, good wage, profit sharing, farmer's corner, flexible schedule. And uh, you know we've, we we wrap this up talking about the H two A. Is there a is that a good option for you? Would it make sense for you? Um, and again, if you're a very quarter acre micro farm and you're just looking for some a little bit of help, you probably need to find one of those um, moms or dads, which you know have a have have kids in school and can come in for four or five hours um, at a time. So that is definitely something which um, you know think about who you're hiring and what you're looking for there. So think about that. If you guys have questions, comments, thoughts about this, would love your feedback. I know the posts in Facebook got highly competitive. Um, people accused me of just taking cheap political shots, and I was like, no, this is a changing workforce. This is a massive problem that farmers face and something we need to be talking about, addressing, and understanding. And you know, I'll be the first to admit that I don't have all the answers, and I'm glad that we've got awesome people in our groups that share their thoughts and um, you know help me kind of see where they're coming from and what's going on out there. Um, so grateful for that. But yeah, feel free to drop comments and questions in the group or email me directly. Email is michael at growingfarmers.com. That gets right to me. So thanks a lot for listening. Hope you are having a great rest of the season and uh, send us your tips for how you've built an amazing team or why you like to farm alone. All right, folks, we're gonna wrap it up here. Thanks for listening. Hey, Thriving Farmers, have you checked us out on YouTube lately? We have a bunch of new content there, including a few rants by me. I uh, want to tell you, you don't want to miss them. Um, I actually go rant about you know some of the problems I see in our space and some of the challenges I see farmers uh, facing. So go check that out. We've got instructional videos over there as well. Talk about setting up our new farm here in Ohio and all the steps we're going to do that, as well as just tutorials and tips on best practices for all sorts of things on the farm. So go ahead, check over at Growing Farmers on YouTube and see the new content we put together for you. So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.